1: Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire year, as a f- first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, Alcoholism, anorexia nervosa, bulimia or obesity, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bowen, and boy, has it been a strange week in Hollywood.
2: Uh, no, just just same old, same old. Although, you know, as, as we said on the show we taped uh, last week, you know, good news about the Me Too movement is Weinstein actually got convicted of two charges, so.
1: And let go for the 900 other he did, but I'm happy he got something.
2: Well, that's that's the thing. Those weren't brought against him. I know. You know? I, I, so five charges were brought against him. Two stuck, stuck, uh, and again, it's it's kind of hard to stick one of them because one of the uh, women, acu- one of his accusers, uh, maintained a sexual relationship with him for a, a long period of time. Time. So I'm not saying that 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 uh, you can't have sexual abuse over a long period of time. My God, you know, stuff happens every day, unfortunately. But that, on a prosecutorial level, it makes it hard.
1: I think what's so disgusting about it, about the entire situation, is even with him being convicted of some of it, there's Mm -hmm. just some of it that'll never, ever, ever see the light of day.
2: True. True. And even some of the exact accusations will just that's all they'll over. That's as far as they'll ever get. They'll just simply be accusations.
1: But better something than nothing, I
2: think. Well, yeah, that's the point. He got actually convicted of two uh, with an uphill battle, i.e. one of the uh, accused. I don't know if hers got. Uh, I don't know if she, if her charges were the ones that were uh, looked at because we're talking two different women, five separate charges, one of which he forcibly went down on a woman. Down on a, I think she was a production assistant. Assistant, which does make things really bad. Well, uh, I, that's,
1: I, that's really taking advantage of your position.
2: Of course, and that's I, what he got, it's. That's definitely something you got nailed for. I don't know about the other one.
1: I do have to say something. I think that really, really gets to me in this case. I, I've heard people say. Well, he's Harvey Weinstein. He had tons of women willing to sleep with him just to get roles. Mm-hmm. Dude was yeah. not into consensual sex. Yeah. Neither, neither was Bill Cosby. Like, it, it, it's kind of like somehow it mitigates it. Like, well, why would he rape someone? He had girls willing to put out. Well, because he's a rapist.
2: Yeah. that's It's more about power than it is about anything else. Because, else. yeah, he, you know, sorry. There were women out there willing to sleep with him for a career. I get uh, it. But, but that doesn't
1: it. have any bearing on the rape factor. Correct. And I, I, I find it odd that people think it does. That misconception still still sticks around. There was a porn star not too long ago that was sexually assaulted. And the argument everyone had is, well, she's a porn star.
2: Mm, yeah yeah that's no 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 that's that's that isn't that, that, that's not right that's not how things should work but I know that's that's how things do work
1: I think what gets me on that is it's almost have, like
2: the well what well what were you wearing what did you wear that egged him on?
1: oh yeah or you hear people you like know. well but the argument was being a an adult entertainer is similar to being a prostitute, so are you sure it was rape? I was like, motherfucker, like prostitutes can be raped. And what the hell? Like, who dropped you on your head? I'd like to remind everyone that every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America. We give money to the Human <laughs> <Community laughs> Society of America.
2: <laughs>
1: and we give money to free MMA. Remember, uh, yeah. <laughs> we swear because we care. Um, arts <laughs> I to not even swear Alexis is <laughs> going to kill you and she has to count this but there's something fundamentally I think broken when we say because you're an adult entertainer you're a prostitute or because you're an adult entertainer you can't be assaulted and right. it, it, it kind of breaks my heart just a little bit
2: it, uh, it, you know I mean I, under, I somewhat understand why it says well uh, if it only takes $1500 to sleep with you, you know, there you go uh, which I don't even think that's what the girls are getting these days in porn. No, uh, way less. But there's a lot of other things to be factored, a.e. the action that the, that she's it's a she's a sex perf- Men and women in the porn industry are sex performers. They're performing an act oh, for I other know, people I, to enjoy. I have,
1: I have a good example. Um, mm. We've had Jared Fiora on the show. He's an MMA fighter, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So... Okay, so if he gets into a cage and punches someone for money, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's a boxing match. If he does it outside 7-Eleven, it's assault.
2: Um, Uh, It's kind of a bit of a stretch, you know, because if they say that it was MMA porn, so the the two performers get into a cage and they do that, and if they decide to do that in the 7-Eleven parking lot, it's indecent exposure. Uh, I mean...
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, like, it, it's a crime. So, essentially, mm-hmm. if, if, if someone walks up and punches Jared in the face, may God right. have mercy on their soul.
0: Right, yeah but, yeah,
1: but if if someone punches him in a cage, it's a fight. If someone mm-hmm. punches him outside of the cage, it's assault.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because so- the, sexual, the sexual performances are done under uh, ideal lighting. Uh, camera people are there. There's, uh, they've, everybody's signed waivers. Everybody's made sure that they've had tests. So a lot oh, more goes into it than the actual act it's itself. Consensual. Is
1: that's, say. and that's it, but it's also right. consensual when it's, again, it's like a boxing match. When only one person wants to be involved in something, doesn't matter if it's sex or a boxing match. When only one person wants to be involved, it's a fucking crime. Mm. That's it.
2: Yeah. No, no, I get it, but you know, like, like you know, it's getting back to the to the Weinstein thing. It's just hard to, uh, you know, at, at least he got he got caught on something because unfortunately these crimes that happen between two people behind closed doors are so hard to prove, especially when there wasn't any, especially when the girl, uh, one of the accusers again, continued had a relationship with him on a regular basis, going on for a year or two.
1: I can tell you, I've worked with men that have tried to assault me, and I worked with them after they tried to assault me, and uh-huh. I didn't really have a choice. If I'd reported them, uh-huh. if I'd done working, and I had to still work with them, or I'd never work again. Um, I didn't have the the clout
2: mm-hmm. to
1: do anything. This isn't like yeah. we. I know we talk about Gwyneth Paltrow; like she could have fucking done something, right? Right.
2: right. But
1: this girl couldn't. This is a different situation.
2: Yeah, this was uh, there was a PA. There was a, a uh, the the one who had the the one who had the the regular who had somewhat of the, the extended relationship with it because I really believe the PA only managed uh, the charges all developed as well that one one Instant. incident and then she, I believe she immediately left. You know, or is like that Italian model, the one who. Uh, uh, had NYPD re- record the conversation because he basically just uh, was, she they were having what she thought was a business meeting and he literally just honked on her breast yep. asking if they were real And she was like, oh my god, this is not cool. Went to the police. They recorded him. The police still felt that the stuff, because we've all heard the tape and there wasn't enough on the tape to even... Bar, an investigation or something it seems like but any further you, than there was yeah
1: even when you look at situations in real life I'm going to use Dr. Hill um let's, oh. I just are you
2: moving I, no, I I'm okay I just fell over can you guys see
1: me did I no.
2: No, no no hold on here we go Sorry, uh we're I having technical difficulties <laughs> okay. uh centering around summer's inability to stay upright
1: Yes, I just fell over. I was on a chair. I, I, I was not on the chair. That was the crashing you guys heard. My apologies. Um, uh, what I was saying was, you. There was a young woman on Doctor Phil. She, mm-hmm. she had been molested for years and years and years by her stepfather, mm-hmm. and her her family didn't believe her, and eventually the brother turned around and had said to her, um, well, if you want us to forgive you, and she's like, forgive me, because she had him arrested, she got him on tape, there was a whole thing to it, and the family was having trouble forgiving her, they were having trouble believing her, because she'd maintained this friendly relationship with him, but she lived in his house, she ate his food, she didn't really have a choice.
2: Well, that was, was this person father or stepfather? Or step Stepfather. Okay.
1: And I look at Weinstein in the same light. There's a point where if these people are your bread and butter, there's only so much you can do.
2: Well, they didn't. In the case of what you're referring to, the Dr. Phil woman, uh, you couldn't go behind a locked door. You know, if you're talking about somebody who's like in the house that you're living in, uh, if you never want to see Harvey again, you just quit the licensing company and you moved to Idaho, you know, you're never going to run into film again.
1: But if you, all and, you've done, like for me, if I got uh, out of the entertainment industry, I might, I, I, I'm I in marketing and distribution predominantly, so my job's to make people, you know, to make people in films, known, make them famous, deal with media, that sort of thing. I don't know if that has a translation in the real world, I'm probably sure it does, but I don't know what it is, and I am not even qualified to flip burgers outside of the film industry I've been in it since I was 16
2: I, yeah and but see here's here's the thing and I'm glad that things are the way they are today in a certain extent But uh, uh, yeah yeah I get it but that, that it's basically saying it's okay that he did these things because I still want to be able to work
1: it's not. I'm not saying it's okay he did these things. I'm saying I understand why these girls feel trapped.
2: By, by not... I, yeah, I know. By I, not saying something.
1: I know why they didn't. I know it sounds terrible, but... Mm-hmm. I, I have friends of mine that have children that are in that position who wouldn't know how to feed their kids or wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Outside the film industry. So what are you going to do? Put up with bullshit or feed your kids? Personally, I'd believe yeah. bullshit.
2: Yeah, then that's why it got to the point that it did, you know.
1: It's horrible, but when people with power, again, Gwyneth Paltrow, mm-hmm. um, has the ability to do something and yeah. doesn't, it's absolutely shocking.
2: And even like Mira Servino, did she ever tell her father? Because I can't imagine her father, you know, was actor uh, Paul Servino, mm-hmm. you know, famous for playing bad guys and mob guys. Uh, I he still
1: didn't have. He still didn't have the clout. Like the. I'm sorry. The. The. Gwyneth Paltrow is the only one at that point that would have had the clout, and she didn't want to deal with it.
2: Yeah, I get it. It's like I think around that time, uh, I think he was harassing Salma Hayek over her movie, but he was basically it was it was the Frida movie movie and there wasn't anybody that was I don't know that that's not a that's not a summer blockbuster movie. You know that's a small art film and it was hard for her to get you know say hey you wanna lose money on this? And are you sweeping? What? Somebody's sweeping.
1: I do not hear anyone sweeping.
2: Fair enough. It's not pull off the couch
1: again, so
2: I don't know. Okay. Yeah um, fair enough.
1: But, but, but that's what it comes down to. It, it's, it's, it's horrifying. You have a choice, but sometimes your choice is food and shelter or nothing, especially if that's your job.
2: Right. So we've had this me too movement and a lot of people have been punished either in the, uh, public, public realm or in, uh, you know, in the case of Harvey Weinstein, he's going to have his, uh, he's, he, it looks like he is going to jail, although they are going to start the appeal process.
1: Cosby, uh, we got Cosby.
2: Yeah, uh, when where he's absolutely worthless to no one.
1: I, I am going to say this, and I I know this is going to be very unpopular, but
2: mm.
1: the current bad guys are still money makers. So yeah. they were not willing. So Hollywood was not willing to sacrifice them. You know, to to the altar of public opinion. The bad guys that exist still exist. Are still in Hollywood. And you all know nothing about it. It's the over the hillers that are worth nothing anymore.
2: Yeah, because at that point, what is Bill Cosby worth right now? Well, nothing. back in the 80s, he was worth a shit ton of money. Money. Uh, so everybody was kind of okay with this. I mean, yeah.
1: And But that's what's happening today. And I'm going to say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this with, as far as I know, Brad Pitt is not a rapist. Let me be clear. Brad Pitt mm. is not a rapist. But it's not like they're going after the Brad Pitt's. They're not going after the people that are still bankable. They're not going after Leonardo DiCaprio. Again, not a rapist. Um,
2: right. And we but- don't... And, the, and really, the worst part seems to not be surrounding the actual, like, stars. It's the people behind the scenes.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, like, we, we've heard a bunch of stuff about... Uh, uh, like, I mean, I knew somebody who worked in, like... Uh, I don't necessarily want to say this, but it really because he could pretty much end everybody. Uh, there is a particular Hollywood producer whose morning shower, uh, well, one of the walls of the shower was actually a window that opened into the kitchen. So if you're watching, so if you're making the, okay, I'm not saying the dude's name because, again, this is all alleged. Yeah, don't, uh, don't,
1: don't, yeah, don't say
2: it. Uh, the shithead who told me the story was a shithead, so you could just take that that as red right? But he said he worked as a that yeah. So the entire staff would be in the kitchen, and then he's in there taking a shower. Sure. That's and not you know yeah.
1: That's not a stretch. We I had uh, again I can't say who, but a, a well-known producer dealt with a friend of mine, and my friend was a PA. He's now really. Uh, kind of one of the top executives over um, at Disney now, but when he was a PA, the guy he goes in to bring the guy his lunch, and he goes in the room, the naked, the producer's butt naked, watching gay porn. The guy had two pipples tied to the desk. He loosed the pipples. The pipples went and sat in front of the door. Once this guy came in, and he's looking at this big old big this big old naked guy watching gay porn, and my friend's standing there with his uh, with the food, and he's like, um, can I please just give you your lunch? He's like, no, come sit and watch this with me. He's like, I have your lunch. He did eventually get out of there. The guy didn't touch him, but I think that was more than enough.
2: Uh, the pit bulls alone would have made me uncomfortable.
1: The pit bull- yeah. Well, My thing is, did he train them to go sit in front of the door? Like, how I- the hell does that happen?
2: I think, yeah, yeah, no, no, you can do that. You yeah, that's, yeah, no, no, that's a part of a, because you want the, basically the, uh, you, uh, the thing about having a security dog, dog, is you want it to be there, make its presence known and not do anything. Unless uh, something goes it down. You want to do
1: something. Well,
2: Unless you want it to do something. Well, yeah, I'm a cat terrified. person. I'd be terrified of two pit bulls I didn't know, too, you know.
0: I just, Especially I when their owner's,
2: you know, you know, jumping around in his, you know, in his birthday suit. Watching porn doesn't matter that you know he was watching. He was watching the porn he wanted to. No offense to people working on that side of the industry. Hell, they make more money than the other side of the industry. Anyway, I
1: have no problem with gay guys or gay porn. I'm simply right. saying my friend was straight, and he mm-hmm. come in, and the guy really, and it went on for a bit. Like this guy has been trying to get my friend into bed, and I'm straight. Didn't work. I'm a PA. Didn't work. I work for you. I'm not interested. None of that worked. So he cornered him in an office with uh, gay porn and pit bulls. Mm. It was charming Alright we are going to go to break When we come back we'll be talking a little bit more about <sighs> Hollywood A little bit more about the dark side I'm Summer Haleen We are on with my co-host, host, Melinda Moderate Paul Michael Bowen, And we'll be right back after this
2: Streaming live The leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? racers and rental cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry join hosts cameron foray and don o'neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day it's about the business as well as the fun we've got the scoop the guests the discussion and the wtf moments all you need to do is bring your ears Racers and rental cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: G'day, g'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Haley, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Milton Moderate, Paul Michael Boland, talking mm-hmm. about all things Hollywood and mostly uh, porn right now. And, to- and mm. I was saying uh, during the break, yeah, it's hard I'm okay to
2: say Yeah, with- re- it's hard to say a relationship like that's consensual.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely not. Like I said, I'm okay with porn just as long as, you know, the pitbulls aren't in the porn. Um, right. For the people that had got me on Twitter and were asking about the contra- uh the coronavirus Yeah, I think it's coming in the US. I don't really see it affecting the film industry unless it gets spread pretty good here. Uh
2: yeah, California we have one case mm-hmm. and 8,000 people being watched. Yep. So uh we'll know in 2 weeks because it's apparently it's got an incubation period of like 2 weeks.
1: So no, well, know. well if someone coming from Korea or something with it. It was a big.
2: Yeah, it was a Chinese national. It was a Chinese national person that just came from uh, China. Uh, that's that's the one case that we have in California so far. Uh, obviously, it could be. I don't know if they fully figured out how uh, lethal it is, or how easily spreadable it is, or how contagious it is. That's a better word to say. Like spreadable sounds like I'm talking about mayonnaise and they uh, said it
1: was pretty contagious
2: yeah they just don't fully know it yet because that that's the thing and they're being they're overcautious, which is fine you know nah, i mean there there's also to debunk an internet meme uh they're saying if the coronavirus is new why is it on the back of every lysol disinfectant can this strain of the coronavirus is new it's like the 19th strain i believe Leave. Uh, so there's 18 other ones that apparently can be curtailed by Lysol.
1: I like Lysol. Lysol is my new friend.
2: Mm. Yeah, it makes it better than that. That freaking oh, what's that? That that hand sanitizer stuff that just feels weird. But, yeah.
1: I don't get it. Like it, it's it's just I, I get that everyone's afraid of the virus. I right? think we all just need to go with the plan of don't touch anyone, don't look at anyone, and run.
2: Mm-hmm. I think there's a big thing going on right now. Of course, there's a little politics, but everybody wants to make every media outlet wants to make Trump look like a boob. Uh, things are going fine. No, there hasn't been any. Uh, no actual defunding has happened to the CDC, and they believe that they did get. Trump wanted a 1.8 billion. Apparently, Congress is willing to give him 6.5. And Pence has been overseeing. Uh, he put his vice president in charge of overseeing the entire operation. So I yeah, will, I will, I know I
1: will say this: you mm-hmm. don't need to help Trump look like a boob. He's done enough stuff on his own. Yeah.
2: Why bring sand to the beach? I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. there's there's no
1: there's no point.
2: And this is this is not helpful because people are getting information, misinformation out there. People are thinking that oh my god, this guy he wants to kill us. Well, I heard one is like most the virus will probably outbreak in most cities, and most cities are run by Democrats. You know, I mean, seriously, I don't get it. Well, it's the world we live in. Yeah, um, they're I mean,
1: talking, uh, there is a big thing going on before I forget. So, everyone's on, um, so Haley Baldwin turned Haley Bieber. Uh, there was the thing, <laughs> Haley Bieber, they've had a really weird relationship so far. And everyone keeps asking, people keep asking me online, you know, is do I think their relationship is abusive? Because it's picture after picture of him, like, karate chopping her on the forehead, playing around with her. And, like, he takes off on his skateboard and she's, like, running behind him trying to catch up and falls over, trying to get away from the paparazzi. Or he, like, closed right. her in the car door. I was like, I don't think he's abusive. I think he's an idiot.
2: Right. So, uh. so people
1: on Twitter, they have a parent-child relationship.
2: Right. And, Everybody I mean, needs. <laughs> somebody needs to be an adult, and this well, is a transition period. Justin's not very good at being an adult. Did
1: you hear what his his manager on his uh, documentary said? Well, I'm just so glad that Haley's in the picture because if something goes wrong, I used to fear like my, that four o'clock in the morning phone call. But now I know there's an adult present. I was like, Jesus.
2: Well, yeah, the guy went. I- <laughs> Basically, just, just hitting puberty to superstardom.
1: I know. And you, yeah. and you emotionally freeze at the point that you get married or get famous or huge transitions like that is kind of where you emotionally freeze. So you don't have to be in Hollywood for that, guys. If you get married at 20, you're sticking at 20. But the, the point is, um, in his case, like, you, you're kind of sitting there. Well, that's a parent-child relationship, not a, a husband-wife relationship. And you gotta feel a little bit sorry for her, but then again, look at her dad. Uh,
2: sh- uh, no, her dad's her dad's fine. I thought he had a minor drug problem. Now he's now he's. Oh no, maybe he had a major over.
1: major drug problem. Consistently cheated on the mom, in and out of rehab. Then got really religious, and so she just seems to be modeling and copying the relationship her parents had.
2: Uh, well, it's something that we tend to do, so. Mm. Uh, but she's used to, clearly, if, uh, that's, that's what her father, uh, put her through. She's used to being the adult in the room, so.
1: I just, I, I just, I could not imagine being with a guy where somebody had to turn around to being like, well, I'm glad there's an adult here now. I'd be like, wait, hold up. (laughs) What do you mean? He wasn't adulting before. I don't want to be with that guy.
2: Well, okay. But then there are some people who like to take care of, take care of somebody to a fault. You know, I, and, if I, they, I, and and by meaning and take and basically just having like a forever child. And yeah, there are some guys out there who like to put on a diaper and want to be changed.
1: Okay, if I see pictures of Justin, Justin Bieber you, in a diaper,
2: so, you know, <laughs> Justin Bieber
1: in a diaper would not surprise me as much as it should. Um, yeah, I just wasn't that
2: ago, he was actually in a diaper, Yeah,
1: mm. and the, there's just something fundamentally revolting to me about, about her being the parent. And I like her.
2: Mm. Uh, Revolting that she has to be the parent or revolting that she wants to be the parent.
1: Both. I think revolting that she doesn't know any better because they had that. So before they got married to anyone that doesn't know, um, I'm going to say this and I'm going to tell everyone if anything like this happens in your life, I know it's not going to happen to the same degree, but even if it's a shadow of this, Never get back involved with the guy. So they were dating years and years ago
2: mm-hmm. before
1: they got back together. And well, he called her. Years she, ago,
2: they were like in what junior high.
1: It was like 2016. Um, All right, he, he was on break from Selena Gomez or whatever. He started hooking up with her. They were dating. She was like his first love. Um, and she, and he called her to come visit him in Hawaii. She goes to, she gets to the airport he calls her from the airport and he's like, "Don't come." And she start, and She's on the phone. She's like, "What?" He said, "You fucking heard me." Click and hung up on her. And so is
2: this okay. to or is to Haley. This, this is to Haley.
1: No, no, this is to okay. Haley. And so then she goes home, and he posts all over the internet, like the 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 Instagram girls she's hooking up with, this and that, and all the stuff he's doing. And like he just he was a total and complete dirtbag to her. So years later, you know, they get back together and he's like, hey, I know I messed up before. I'm sorry. And th- there's there's something in her. There's something in any girl that would allow this. It's like maybe if I'm better this time, it won't happen again.
2: So, uh, yeah. Well, it's the whole, you know, you know, pull me once, shame on you. Pull me twice, shame on me. I don't think we've gotten to the point where it's uh, where we can be shaming her yet. He
1: karate chopped her in the head.
2: Okay, he physically assaulted her? Why isn't there cops on his door right now?
1: No, no, no. It was playing around. They're getting ice cream. He, like, karate chops her in the head, gives her a wedgie, trips her.
2: Yes, and she wants to be the parent, apparently.
1: I'm telling you, that's what it reminds me of. Like, he took off skateboarding and left her. It's that moment of he's interacting with her like a child with a crush.
2: Yeah, okay. Hey, look, they're, they're, it's a free country, you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure Justin Bieber is worth more than her father by a Absolutely. long shot. So, uh, hey, babe, you want to lose everything? Or, or half? Or uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, go for it, you know. Yeah, uh, that's
1: actually, that's a, good, that's a good message. If you want to keep your money,
2: stop yeah.
1: treating her bad.
2: Time and so to grow up. Up
1: there That think like, oh, Justin Bieber was like this, so it's okay if my boyfriend is. That is a low bar. Bad.
2: My boyfriend is like this. Okay, does your boyfriend uh, make uh, millions of dollars on a regular basis? Basis Just by singing the same couple of songs? No. No. What are you going to wind up with? It's going to be a CD collection, two cats and a futon. No. No. <laughs> Right. That's
1: exactly it. They're not even worth divorcing at that point.
2: We're all whores. Just it price is always what, what's up for ne- negotiation. Yes. Every single one of us.
1: I think my price is lower than I'd like to admit it is.
2: Oh, I know mine's lower than I'd like to admit it is. So there's <laughs> a thing. Hell you gotta you know, if you got like seventy five cent you can pull seventy six cents out of the couch cushion, I might consider it. You but, know, um, you know,
1: there, there's something I think about everyone in Hollywood's a whore. The money just mm-hmm. changes. It's, it's just the way of it. Yeah,
0: that's All right, guys.
1: Nice <laughs> that's it. Um, so if you've learned two things from this, um, don't hang out with people in Hollywood that are kind of rapey. Definitely yes. don't date Justin Bieber. That is not related to the other one. He's just an idiot.
2: Well, he's um, also can- married. So don't date Justin Bieber.
1: That's true. I do want to give a quick shout out to the people that take care of me, Amanda's Tea Room. She's for our giveaway this week. If you guys can send me a video of Justin Bieber actually being nice to Haley Baldwin when he doesn't know he's being recorded, um, I will give you a tea at Amanda's Tea Room or a float at True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas. You can use it at any True Rest uh, float spa or a ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California. And thank you to Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. You always make me gorgeous the new Palm Springs diet sprayed under your tongue and get skinny and today's tresses. Thank you very, very much. I messed up my hair um, and she gave me a gorgeous wig because I needed to look great last minute. So thank you to them. We are going to be coming back with our very, very special guest, Celia Bonaduce she's got a cool job, she's a producer on HGTV's House Hunters she's got a ton of stuff, we're going to talk to her when we get back I'm Samaheli, we are on with my co-host host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolland and we'll be right back after this
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast
2: all the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com if you are interested in real estate in america's largest city or anywhere be sure to listen for good morning new york real estate with vince rocco Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com
0: every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. You're listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back
1: to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co host, host of the Milton Paul Michael Boland. And I have to tell you guys during the break, I'm, I'm like starving. I'm shoving food in my mouth and Paul's threatening to do his usual intro. If I, if I don't get it swallowed and I can't get to, uh, to talking in time cause it's lent. I, you know, I'm, I'm limited on what I can eat. It's no meat. It's no sugar. Um, so uh, it, don't become a Catholic. That's the only advice I can give you. And, um, and, and fear Paul doing the intro cause I don't know what he's going to say, but I know it's going to have something to... It's going to be embarrassing.
2: Yeah, I never know what I'm going to say, but that's kind of the point. And <laughs> we, we have a guest.
1: We do. We have Celia Bonaducci. G'day. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Now, you've worked on HG, uh, HGTV's House Hunters. You've been on other HGTV shows, Tiny House Hunters. Where are they now? ABC's Extreme Makeover, Home Edition, You've done, you love houses. That's part of what we're looking at here. We've had you yeah, on the show right, before. Right. So, if you can tell everyone a little bit about yourself, because um, I know we've had you on before, but for new, list, new listeners, I ate too fast. I'm choking. I'm dying. Uh, I'll be right back. Okay. Right. right.
3: I'll talk while you joke. Um, so, uh, about me, I, uh, I started my career actually in um, animation. I was uh, at uh, Nickelodeon Animation, and my Claim the same is that I turned down SpongeBob SquarePants. So clearly not the avenue for me. So I oh my moved God. on to. Sorry, that caught my yeah, attention. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably choking again. So, um, yeah, so so I moved away from uh, uh, children's programming and I started with um, lifestyle programming. And I've done all those house shows that you talked about. And, and I, I consider that House Hunters is. Is the brass ring of lifestyle programming? It's it's what started it. It's been on 20 years. Um, It's it's just really fun show to work on, and so I have been I've been doing that for eight years, and then I also, uh, as you know, uh, write books when I'm in hotel rooms directing when I get back from directing House Hunters.
0: Uh, I
1: didn't realize I muted you. Go, yeah, I know. I muted it. I'm like sitting here talking. I'm like, that's awesome. If I gave up Spongebob, I think it would haunt me. But then on the flip side, if I got house hunters, that that you're right. That's kind of the brass ring. Yeah. So I, I, I'd be a little conflicted. Spongebob,
3: like I, I understand that Spongebob is an incredible phenomenon, and an incredible success. I get all that. But I still don't understand its appeal. So... So, so it's not like I think, oh, oh, you know, and I, I mean, I never had the epiphany about why it's so great. I understand that it is hugely successful, but, uh, you know, when they were pitching, I'm just thinking, wait, a sponge under the sea in, in, pants in square here. pants. What? <laughs> so, yeah.
1: I have, it, to, it I, I have to say, I grew up on SpongeBob SquarePants. I still watch SpongeBob SquarePants. And I could not tell you the appeal. So I get that. I don't know why. I don't. I
2: don't know why. Yeah. You're never hanging on, but H. You know, except for us. So you know, I mean, I'm sure that Captain Kangaroo looked pretty stupid to some people these days.
3: Wow. Well, if anybody even remembers Captain Kangaroo.
2: See. See, they just go, "Okay, boomer," or whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. think, yeah, is, yeah, that the, yeah. is that the phrase yeah. that they're using yeah. these days? It's, it's okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought Barney was really, really dumb. At least I could, at least I can. At SpongeBob at least add a, a little bit of humor that you could relate to to it.
3: Oh I yeah, Sponny. yeah,
1: definitely <laughs> humor. But I like so House Hunters. That's really, really cool. How did you get into yeah. doing that?
3: Well, I um, it sort of was a gradual progression in in, in working in lifestyle programming. I actually started out. I got my very first job in lifestyle programming because I knew how to sew, and it was a, a show about quilts. And they decided very brilliantly that it would be easier to teach people who knew how to sew how to produce than to teach producers how to sew. Because you had to know the, you know, there's a, it's the its own language. So, so I that's how I broke in by just having my, you know, a, a, a hobby, and I just went from there to doing different shows. Um, about we did crafting shows and and decorating shows and all kinds of things, and then I got Extreme for Home Edition, and went and this was the first round with Ty Pennington because. You know it's back on the air. It's back on the air on HGTV. But this mm-hmm. was the first round. And when when that show went off the air, um, they're just hap- – I mean, it was just perfect timing that um, they – Pytown, which is the company I work for, had just gotten this huge order for house hunters, and I was available, and I just sort of, like, chained myself to the office building until they hired me.
1: That's fantastic.
3: What was yeah. your favorite part of working on that? But my favorite part of working on House Hunters, I've, I've actually been to all 50 states, 49 of them with House Hunters. We don't, we don't shoot in Alaska, so I had to go there on my own. But but everything else, I, I've gone with this show. And you get to see all these different places know first of all, there are places you'd never go anyway just because it wouldn't occur to you and but even like big cities, you're going and you're seeing the way people really live and what people really do there you you never have the tourist experience you you have an authentic experience in every city, and I think that's the thing that that i I like the most.
1: I think so. Now, for people wanting to get into this, wanting to get in, especially into lifestyle television, that's something, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have a lot of experience with, but I get a lot of questions Mm -hmm. about. Uh, What advice would you have for people? Because people come up with ideas for shows, and they come up, or they want to get involved with shows, and they have no idea how.
3: You know, there's no, unfortunately, there is no real path. It's not like I want to be a lawyer, so I'm going to go to law school. Um, I would say, and this is actually, depending on who's listening, this is not always very popular advice. But what I would suggest, if you want to do anything in, that relates to entertainment, don't spend your life in school. Don't don't spend a hundred thousand dollars getting, you know, a master's degree in film and television. What you have going for you? I mean, I think everybody, with the way television and movies are done now, you should go to a at least a two year college and learn editing and learn the basics of camera work and the basics of storytelling. And, and then just get out there and start trying to do something. There's websites called, uh, there's one called Staff Me Up and you can put yourself on there as, uh, you know, beginning, uh, production assistant just to get yourself in there. But, but don't waste precious, precious years because as we all know, youth is your friend in the entertainment industry. Um, yep. I I just think it I just think it's better to get out there and start hustling and start doing it. But you would be surprised how many parents do not want me to tell their kids this, even though I would save the parents hundred thousand dollars. They let like, go. No, my kids have to go. That? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I get a lot of pushback on on that advice.
1: I I happen to agree with you. One of the things I heard from a director friend years ago, he said the thing that irritates him most are people getting out of film school because they think they know what they're doing. It has nothing to do with what they're doing. And it's going to sound terrible, but he said it's a bunch of failed film people trying to tell someone what they think they should know by the time they get out of school. And it's completely different than the way we do anything.
3: Yes, and and I had had. You know they're just kids. You can't blame them. But when you are getting all your feedback in a university setting, you don't know what the real world is like. I mean, I had a a, yep. a, a nice kid came out and was my production assistant. He had just graduated. He was hundred thousand dollars in debt. He's working as a PA, so there's no money. And he quit after the first day. And the you know the the people in my building, you know, in in, in the office who handled that, you know, that's not my job, but the people who handled the PAs asked him what the problem was. He goes, well, I really didn't expect that I was going to be going and, and getting coffee and moving stuff. And and she said, well, what did you think you were going to be doing? And he said, well, I thought, you know, the director would be asking me my opinion about lighting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's, just, that's, that's, that's a, what sets that's me more up. Road.
3: Of opinions I mean, on lighting from people, people not in the lighting department. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. yes. yeah. But that's not an isolated incident. I have this all the time. I just I just came back from a shoot. And this, the, my PA on that shoot, he was a kid, great kid, knew a lot of stuff, really was wonderful. And, and I'm doing a scene and I'm telling the... You know, because as much as people want to say that House Hunters is scripted, it is not... My life would be so easy if house hunters were scripted. But I'm telling this woman, you have to, you know, one of the things she said is she liked brick houses. So I said, I need you to drive down the street. And when you, when you see a brick house, what I need you to do is point out the brick house and what you think about it. And the PA says to her, well, you don't really have to do that because the camera's not going to be pointing at... Uh, At the house And no that's not true Because we're going to reverse the angle And look at the brick house So no she can't make that up And thank you PA Shut
1: up (laughs) uh, There's there's that moment you're like Well I'm going to smack a PA Um, How I I don't get it I don't mm.
2: (laughs) you don't have to smack them, just put them on Firewatch for the really good meals.
3: <laughs> right. And I mean, part of me, when I'm in a good mood, I just feel like, oh my God, this poor kid, he's just, I mean, he has no sense, none of, I mean, they just don't have a sense of reality and don't understand that the director or the producer or the camera guy or the lighting guy or the audio guy really does want his opinion.
1: I think, and I think that's something people, I don't think you know, factoring happen.
2: the debt in the uh, hubris. Yeah, five.
1: Yeah. I don't think yeah. people realize we we are all good. We we kind of stay in our lane. If you're a producer, you know your job. Your peer, you know you you're a director, you know your job. Your lighting, you know your job. The teamsters, no, everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing. And when someone steps yeah. out of their lane, it makes it really hard. Yes. Yes. It
3: does. Yes, it does. And one, another piece of advice that I would give, give because it's all, it's all hard. You guys know. It's all hard to, to, mm-hmm. to, to break in. But one thing that I would say is try and find your lane. If you don't want to end up in, I mean, I adore lifestyle programming. I'm so glad I'm here. But if that's not what you want to do, don't come into that world. Because if you start climbing the ladder, you're going to find yourself, you got into this business for a reason, you're sacrificing for a reason, and you're doing the kind of TV you don't want to do. So try whatever the job is, at least get it in, in the realm of where you want to end up.
1: It's true. If you put all your work into a place you don't want to be, you're going to find yeah. yourself in 20 years with no way out and nothing else you know how to do
3: exactly
1: now where can everyone
2: find you on hmm? well no no, i was just gonna say i think people don't realize that uh there are jobs like producer and director out here which are like for lack of a better phrase entry level yeah you have the right script you have the right amount of money you're in charge
1: exactly exactly and that is not a good thing by the way um where can everyone find you on social media before you start? Cause we're coming. We're about five minutes to close and I know we'll get into talking and then they won't be able to find you. Mm-hmm. So where can everyone find you on social media?
3: All right. Uh, everybody can find me at, uh, on Facebook where I am the most active. And that is Celia Bonaduce mm. author. If, if you find the other Celia Bonaduce, that's me too. So you have your choice. There's my author page and my personal page and I am friends with everyone. So, uh, come aboard. Uh, I am at YoCelia, Y-O-C-E-L-I-A, on uh, Instagram. I don't do too much on Twitter, because I usually I start going on Twitter, and I, I start getting involved in all the political stuff, and I never even get around to my stuff. <laughs> I'm so angry at everything that's going on on Twitter. And um, and then I have a website, which is dot
1: philia I like that and, and Paul of course
2: uh, yeah just find me on Facebook <laughs> yeah.
1: go, go to- <laughs> I know
2: I know, I, know.
1: I, think, I think that's some of the best advice though I've, I've heard people anyone give on the show just because you, you do you hear people like well I'm going to go to film school the point of film school is if you don't have an in if you know someone go get a job as a PA you're better off working your way up because you'll understand yes. how everything yes. works better. And if you don't... Well, unless maybe, you want
2: to go into teaching, in which case a college degree is good. So, you know...
1: Well, we're only talking about film. <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't... Yeah. So am
2: I! If,
1: oh, if, teaching if film. That's true. But yeah. then that being said, I've lectured at universities. I've gone in and uh, I, I've lectured at different universities. And I went to law school, but I never finished. So, I think it really depends. It depends on what you want to do. And maybe don't take your uh, professor's word as gospel unless they're actually currently working in the industry or did. Because I see a lot of, like, acting teachers yeah. that are like, I was in a Nokia commercial once. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So what is your favorite? We've got about three minutes left. What would you like to say to everyone out there?
3: I would like to say something that's kind of, off the subject a little bit, but um, as I said, I do write novels uh, in my hotel rooms when I'm traveling all over, and my Christmas book, uh, which is an anthology that I wrote with two other writers, including Jody Thomas, who is a New York Times bestseller, it is called A Texas Kind of Christmas, and it was the Amazon number one bestseller over the Christmas holidays.
1: It was excellent. Yeah. Really, oh, really good. Um, oh, thank you. I loved it. Yeah. Now, where can they, so they can find it on Amazon. What are the books? To Amazon. On Amazon. They can find that. Yeah. I mean,
3: it's 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 probably not in bookstores now because it's not the Christmas holidays, but I mean, it was everywhere. And it's a really good read, even though it's not Christmas right now. The only thing about Christmas in that whole thing is that, that all these people are converging on a hotel in the 1850s uh, in Dallas to go to a Christmas Eve ball, but everything else is just uh, just wonderful stories. So, and I can say that because I had co-writers. <laughs> um, we uh, so you so it, you can read it anytime. It, it doesn't. It, it's not. It's not one of those books that you have to just sit down with a cup of eggnog. I mean, you can still read it.
1: I love it. Go check out the book, guys. It's very very good. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Um, Thank you very, very much, Celia. I'm I'm going to put up so you guys can find her. We're going to put up her social media. Thank you for joining us. Guys, thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland. Go track him down on Facebook and go find Celia Bonaduce. We're going to put up her information and check out her book. She is an excellent author. Thank you very much for joining us and thank you for the good advice.